And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at richarddugan.com. The podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations that folks are linking us to. Hey, by the way, thanks for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I'm a one-man band here, and... Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't have Facebook. I just don't have the time and I don't have the staff because the other part of me just doesn't want to do it. <laughs> we just don't have the time. Uh, but nonetheless, we do these programs and we bring them to you and we encourage you to listen to the podcast. And when you're listening to Spotify and you see the little grocery cart there or you see the the uh, the guest's name, then you want to click on that because that's going to take you to their website, which we'll give you for our guest here shortly, so that you can uh, find out more about uh, what they're doing, what they have to offer you, and uh, how you can become a part of what they're doing, continue your evolutionary process. And if you like what we're doing, I hope you do, uh, we would encourage you to uh, go to our website, uh, homepage where we have a PayPal and Patreon account link so that you can support us financially. We greatly appreciate those who have and those who will. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how much that means uh, when, we, uh, when we get that kind of support. It's, you know, it's uh, very difficult sometimes for us to sort of let go of the, the hard-earned currency that we work so hard to, uh, to accumulate, so to speak, and to make ends meet and all those good things. And uh, so I know it's uh, it's not easy to do. I know that I make some contributions to other organizations, and yeah, it's I've made that commitment, and uh, so it's no longer it's not a struggle, a strain, or a burden. But I thank you so much for uh, sending us energetic help as well. Today's program here in 2020, the year of perfect vision. Get into it as we are fast approaching. Where I can't believe how fast we're moving through 2020 already. Go within. Find the answers that you need within. Uh, but at the same time, go ahead and listen to these programs because I think they will assist you in that process. Like today, and I was commenting to my guests just before we started the program in regards to what we'll be talking about, uh, that uh, what it is that she's trying to help us to get rid of, so to speak, uh, is I thought that was supposed to help us and build character. Simple strategies and self-awareness tools for reducing stress and rejuvenating daily life. The book is entitled, I love this title, it's very cool, The How of Ow, Everyday Self-Care and the Art of Pain Relief by Wanda Swenson. Thank you so much for joining us, Wanda. It's great to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Richard. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, because they always ask this question when you go to the doctor, <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, what is your pain level today, right now, as we're talking here on the program? I, I'm, I'm at a zero right now. I'm Excellent. feeling good. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> as am I. As am I. At a zero. Uh, and, and that's kind of nice. Um, and yet it has been said, as I mentioned at the front end of the program, uh, you know, a lot of the struggles and the challenges and the strife... Uh, I, I And I have to say that, uh, unfortunately, I went through it as a kid growing up in school, the bullying. Well, come on, Richard, that's all supposed to, 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 to uh, help you to grow character and, and, and all of that kind of thing. And it's like, 
Could we? Could I take a course in building character rather than having to <laughs> having to go through pain? <laughs> and and we are talking about. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. The question: Are we talking specifically about the physical aches and pains that you and I probably uh, might have throughout our days, weeks, months, and years? I mean, I'm almost sixty. And I'm having a great time. I'm doing well. As I said, my pain level's at zero. Uh, but then there are those days where it's two, it's four, it's six, it's eight. Sometimes it's ten. And then it goes away. And I know that that's my body telling me that something's amiss. But are we also talking about uh, other areas in our lives, the other elements of what make us who we are, uh, that kind of pain as well? Well, what I, I'm a physical therapist, so granted, the book is focused on physical pain, but I think there is a lot of carryover you can get from this book to other areas of your life, uh, other areas of you know psychological pain, because it it all relates. Uh, understanding about you know pain is, I mean, basically the definition of pain is a, an unpleasant sensation. So whether it's you know you're psychologically you know. In a hard time, you know, but it's also it's an unpleasant sensation, but it's also an emotional response. So it's that emotional side of both physical pain and psychological pain uh, that if you can observe and address, you know, you could, um, you know, have, have a different approach to it. I asked this question of most all of my guests, whether it's in reference to the work that they're doing the book they've written, whatever it is that they created and whatever work it is that they're doing to help themselves and others, and that is, how did this all start for you? Because, I mean, not that I remember, but I don't think I was born into this world with pain or that kind of thing. Uh, I my work is what we're doing right now. I mean, that's what I enjoy doing. So I, maybe I was I came out of the womb talking. I don't know. <laughs> but what about <laughs> what, uh, what about you? Uh, and you must your, have been an interesting baby. <laughs> uh, must have been. I, I that's all I can tell you. All I remember is an incident with my mother and one of my aunts yeah. at my grandmother's house when uh, I walked by. I was wanting to share something. And I think it was my aunt who basically said, Richard, shut up. You, don't you see your mother and I are talking? And I just kind of walked away and I said, OK, fine. You know, it's obviously this is not the time. So anyway, how did how did this all start for you? Um, well, the writing the book or the becoming a physical therapist or yeah, why the first time I well, had pain when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I, I, let's let's put it from the context of, of how. Your journey began to physical therapy as well as to the book, The How of Ow. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a good story because um, I was not one of those people that went to college right out of high school. I had some more growing up to do and exploring in the world. And, and so, you know, I went off, left home and worked a lot of different jobs um, and um and also, I was just somebody since I was a kid that was just an active kid, um, you know, climbing trees, you know, 
uh, swimming, riding the bike, doing a lot of dance. And also I got into yoga when I was still in high school. And, um, and then when I was in my early 20s, I got into judo. Um, so there's a great place to hurt yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then also at the same time I was working as a, um, a woodworker's apprentice. So, um, I actually hurt my back really bad one day, um, working for him. I just bent sideways to pick a clamp up off the floor and straightened up and like my back was you know, killing me. And I, but I had to keep working cause I, I had just taken a day off or something and I you know, didn't want to let the guy down. So I just kept working. And the next morning I couldn't move at all. So I don't know how many people out there have had that experience with, with their backs. Um, but it is most unpleasant. You just don't know what to do. And this again is long before I was a physical therapist. And, um, so I was taken to the emergency room, uh, you know, by a friend that was a horrible experience because they don't really want to see people in back pain in emergency rooms. They, you know, people have had car accidents or they're having heart attacks or having uh, life and death, you know, things happening to them. Um, you know, pain as awful as it is in itself will not kill you. So, um, anyway, so I had that experience and what I ended up doing then was I went to a chiropractor actually considered being a, a, becoming a chiropractor because I, I got really interested in, in that, but realized that wasn't really the route for me to go. But I did want to learn more about anatomy and I wanted to know more you know, about my body. And then I kind of, I was living in San Francisco at the time and uh, there's a you know, UCSF is there and they have a physical therapy program. So I ended up, um, you know, going to school and having to go to, um, you know, get my undergraduate and uh, degree first and getting into, um, physical therapy school at, um, San Francisco, I'm mean, sorry, at UC, um, San Francisco. And, um, and also I mentioned the, the judo. I'd also had a, a couple of pretty bad knee injuries, uh, through judo. And anyway, so I, I did come into physical therapy, um, a lot, just wanting to know about anatomy, how the body worked. Um, and, uh, and, and to do something that just appealed to me. Like it was just, it really was the right thing for me to do. I, it's a wonderful field. I love being a physical therapist. It's a great way to relate to people. It's a wonderful gift to give to people to, you know, help them through hard times. Um, so, um, so there's all that led me in, into this field. But yeah. then if you want to know how I got into writing the book, um, that was be again, because I've had a lot of my own injuries. I started seeing these patterns as I work with people and I've been a PT for over 30 years. So that's a lot of years to see patterns and injuries that I would have. I would see people that had had, you know, kind of, you know, strains and pains that I had had that I knew I just took care of right away, you know? And so in a few days I'm all better, but I would be seeing them months or even sometimes years after they'd had some simple injuries, but they didn't know what to do for themselves. And they ended up in these chronic pain conditions. And, you know, there's such an epidemic of chronic pain, you know, in this country and the opioid epidemic that you know, comes from that, that I just began thinking like, wouldn't it be great if there was a kind of easy access to, for people to understand more about pain, you know, about their bodies and also what to do for, you know, simple injuries. And so you don't have to in these chronic pain situations or even to, to help get out of chronic pain situations. So I just started talking about this idea and, it, and the idea just wouldn't go away. And everybody I talked to said, oh my gosh, I want that book. And, uh, or, oh, that would be perfect for my, my brother. And so, um, 
it, it, I just, um, I actually retired from uh, Kaiser. I worked at Kaiser Permanente uh, here in Santa Rosa, California for years. And, um, after I retired, I just started, you know, plugging away on this book and, uh, and there you have it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just come out and, and, uh, and it's, you know, pretty good response. It's, it's, some of it surprised me even like who it, it's helping, um, like, you know, older people, uh, that, you know, or I mean, in their nineties, you know, even, and are reading the book because there's some very simple things to do, um, and and it's all geared to what you can do during the day, not at a special exercise time. It's incorporating this stuff into your life and and an awareness, you know, of of you know the moment you're having, you know, some kind of ache and pain, and you know, addressing it like right then instead of just going, oh, I got to go see a doctor. Oh, where's that pill I need to take? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And and so what are the various modalities that you use uh, to um, uh, to help alleviate your pain and also that of uh, your your clients? I will say I I, I don't know that you'd call them Mm -hmm. patients, but clients, customers, uh, Mm -hmm. what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one um, one thing that. is really emphasized in the book and in my own self care and that I just let everybody know about, um, is something that I've called pill, which stands for postural isometric lengthening, uh, which quite simply is if you're in sitting or standing, you're, you're basically just trying to be as tall as you can, but then you add to that pulling your belly, which is an isometric uh, contraction of the deep muscles of your abdomen and your back you know, putting your shoulders down and back, you know, kind of tucking your chin in and um, lengthening the back of your neck. And just to let people know, uh, this is uh, in on my uh, webpage. I have some chapters that are on the page and the fourth chapter just talk about this. So you, know, you can you can read it there. And there's a picture of it, too. Um, but that's something that I uh, that really uh, was uh, like I had to write the book after I came up with this, because even though here I've been a physical therapist for years and I've had all these injuries and I've gotten better and da, 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 da. I did have chronic back pain during this time. I, um, I, I hurt myself and I ended up having this, you know, chronic problem with my back and I did everything I know how to do. That's the standard physical therapy practice and, you know, staying strong and doing all, you know, good body mechanics and all that. But I still would have this spasm that would hit me hard every afternoon. And it was just, you know, went on for months. And mm. I began to think, huh, maybe that's how it's going to be for me. Um, and then, oddly, I went on a meditation uh, retreat that was an hour of sitting meditation and an hour of walking meditation. And I was fine in the morning. But then by the afternoon, and I'm sitting in a chair because I didn't. I knew I couldn't sit on the floor. That would bother my back too much. Um, by the afternoon, my back started to go into spasm. And I should mention, like, like many people, I have, uh, but but maybe unlike some of you people, I hope anyway, I have a real severe degenerative condition of my spine. It's, um, I mean, it, it's just a, but it's also common with aging. Aging, it's a, um, a, a lumbar scoliosis. So it's a sideways bend of the low part, you know, of my back. And you see it in a lot of people, older people that are kind of bent forward and kind of shifted off to the side. And that's usually what their spines would look like if they had an x-ray taken. Mm. Well, anyway, so I do have that kind of spine. And, uh, but here I am sitting and my back starts going into spasm and I open my eyes and I'm looking around at the people that are on the floor in front of me who are meditating. 
And they're all, almost all of them, are stretching and bending and twisting, and they all look really uncomfortable. And I just looked at them as if it was a mirror, because I realized that's exactly what I'd been doing. When my spasm would get too bad during the day, I would just be stretching, because that's what we all do when you have a spasm. You kind of want to stretch, and you know, it's, at least initially, it feels a little better. Anyway, I just got inspired. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the exact opposite. And so instead of stretching, I just lengthened my spine, got as tall as I can. And that's like tractioning. Again, some of you folks probably know about tractioning if you've gone to a physical therapist, you know, either for your neck or your low back or just that it's a thing. It's a lengthening of the spine. But I just lengthened my spine just using my muscles, just being as tall as I could. And then I did the um, uh, isometric contraction of the abdomen, which is just like uh, stabilization exercises, if some of you have heard that, or Pilates emphasizes that kind of strengthening of the deep muscles of the spine. And then I, you know, did my neck and did my shoulders in a certain way. And I just, as I held this position, I did an intense uh, isometric contact, contraction and the pain went away. The spasm was gone. And then I relaxed and the spasm came back a little, but not quite as bad as it had been. And I just kept doing that just on and off the rest of the afternoon. And then the amazing part of this was like the next day, no more back spasm. It was gone. So I really, you know, recovered from this chronic pain I'd had for months and months and months by doing just this kind of simple posture. And of course, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've, I've discovered something nobody else knows about. And this is amazing. But then I found out later that actually this is um, a form of yoga, which is called Banda Yoga. But what's different with what I'm suggesting is like doing it during the day. I mean, during it, you know, doing it, you know, during, you know, whatever. You can do it as you're driving, as you're sitting at a computer, as you're standing or even as you're walking. Mm. Um, so, you know, so that's that's the difference. So that is that is something when you ask about modalities um, um, that I recommend. That's a big one because with that, you can start with if you have a neck pain or a middle back pain, a low back pain, it's it's where you start with any of those. But also if you have jaw pain or shoulder pain or hip pain, it's where you start because all of those joints have attachments to the spine. So it's just a, a simple a simple way to get yourself going. And again, it's very easy for older people to do it. You know, people that are sitting, people in wheelchairs, um, you know, people that are in the hospital that are just, you know, starting to get going or or after you've been ill for a while and you've just been in bed for too long and, you know, you, and you get weak, it's a great way to, to start going again. And yet there are going to be those who they're in so much pain, uh, constant chronic pain that their lives virtually, if not literally, come to a stop. I mean, they can't think about anything, not just anything else. They can't think about anything because the mm -hmm. pain has so debilitated them and they're not taking yes. medications. But again, this is where part of the mm -hmm. problem that we have in our country in particular uh, has developed uh, this as it's as it has been referred to an opioid epidemic. Uh, mm -hmm. I was talking with somebody uh, not too long ago. We were chatting about uh, this and, and other situations that exist in our culture as well as globally in terms of what they've defined as epidemics or pandemics or what have you. And I know that uh, at the time of our conversation here, you know, there's this what they've named it. And, and I was asked this question where they came up with this name, the coronavirus. That's just, you know, that's mm -hmm. not quite. But as far as we know, from what we're being told, it's not spreading quite like wildfire because we've seen wildfires here in California, Wanda. <laughs> 
Um, yes, we have. But then again, we don't know if that's the truth or not. But needless to say, um, and so th- th- they're looking for relief. And there's this. There was this one woman I saw a documentary on, who, uh, and I thought found this so fascinating. She came across people who had been searching for a diagnosis for their condition, whatever it was, we, you know, and that was the mm-hmm. whole thing. And mm-hmm. they'd been to doctor after doctor after doctor for sometimes decades, nothing. So she started mm-hmm. working through, I want to say, one of the newspapers in New York, one of their uh, through their website, and they set her up on a page where she began to uh, use social media for what I th- found is one of the most productive, beneficial uh, and and uh, uh, um, uh, hope affirming uh, endeavors that I have ever seen. What she did was she started putting out um, the the request for people who were in that situation where they have been searching and searching and searching for a diagnosis that's kept them debilitated, and they've got nothing from all the doctors. So this social media thing went. Not only did it go viral, but it also was, of course, global. And she's getting input from all around the world. And of the, I will say, eight or ten people that she um, worked with, that, that this documentary focused on, only one of them never got a diagnosis. Now, that's not to say that the other nine received a diagnosis, got treatment, and were cured. No, 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 no. This was only about, initially, about just getting a diagnosis, just finding out what's wrong. Some of them mm-hmm. did. They got a diagnosis, they got treatment, and they are, they're doing better to this day. And really, these people, that's all they wanted more than anything else was to know what was wrong. When mm-hmm. we talk about chronic pain, that's probably one of the most difficult, and yet at sometimes, and sometimes, some of the most simple diagnoses um, that that we can come across because a lot of times we want to complicate it. We want to make <laughs> it more, oh, no, it's got to be, you know, all of these other things. And yet, from a metaphysical standpoint, from a more esoteric, if you will, or spiritual standpoint, there's a reason for that pain. I mean, as I said earlier, you know, the, the pain tells us it's, it's giving us a message that something's not quite right on the physical level. But what have your experiences been in terms of people uh, as they're going through, I want to say, treatment, um, start to discover that maybe they've been holding on to certain things. And when they also start to go within, as we are encouraging people to do here in 2020, the year of perfect vision, not only does your therapy, your treatment facilitate the relief of the pain, the elimination thereof, but so does that going within, resolving some kinds of issues and so forth. Has that been an experience of yours with uh, some of your clients? Um, well, yes, it has. And and I remember the, the clearest time that that happened, I mean, that I can recall, was working with a psychotherapist who had uh, chronic back pain. And he was so afraid, he was so fearful of of moving, basically. And partly because he had been told by someone else that if he moved in a certain way, it was going to make everything worse. So there was something really vulnerable. And he had been injured in in sort of a, a bad way. Um, it was, uh, I think it was after a massage. Somebody had been a little too rough to him. And, and that's where his pain started. 
So he had this, and it's interesting because he was a psychotherapist. You might think he'd have a little bit more insight into this, but you know, no, he's, he's a person too. And, um, so he was very, very fearful. And when I worked with him, he could finally make the connection to like, Oh, what you're talking about is the same thing. I talked to my you know, patients about is that you don't, you know, run away from the pain. You're, you're working with it. You're kind of moving through it instead of avoiding it. Um, a lot of what you're talking about and, and what does happen with chronic pain, uh, there is something, and, and actually you made reference to the pain scale when we started the, on the scale of you know, one to 10, you know, rate your pain. But there's another scale that's even um, better for predicting who's going to have chronic pain. And it's called the pain catastrophizing scale. I love that word, but it's, and it's just what it sounds like. It's people who um, have made their whole lives about their pain, people who are, you know, that rate high on the scale are ones who are thinking about their pain all the time. I mean, that's the kind of question the scale has, you know, how much do you think about your pain? You know, all the time, not at all. Uh, how much has your pain changed your life? Uh, you know, you know, very much, not at all. Um, how often do you not do things you love because of your pain? You know, like all the time, I'm not doing things I love or, you know, that's not affecting me. So it's when you're high on the scale of the catastrophizing pain that, your pain is actually worse. And and this is really in part because you get back to the definition of pain and, you know, it's unpleasant. Okay. We got that much, but it's also an emotional, um, you know, response that we're having to it. So, you know, emotions are, you know, our fears, our thoughts, our worries. And when that's all that's going on and when you, you, and it's true when you don't have a diet, if you really want a diagnosis, don't have one, you don't know what's going on. The fear, just you know ramps up even you know that more and that in itself that emotional response to pain will make your pain worse and that's an important thing to get across to people um so and and that's emphasized certainly you know in in the book the first first part of the book even yeah. i start with with talking about pain itself I had a dear but, friend. but again oh I'm, no 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 go ahead. Go one ahead. little thought okay thanks i know i'm just going on but um but with, I mean, orthopedic kind of pains, what I'm talking about, it's, but also it's, you know, neurologic, I mean, the kind of pains, you know, sciatica and, you know, pains into your arm from your neck and, you know, all those kind of, you know, uh, neuro orthopedic, you know, pains is, is what, you know, my book is really you know, focused on. But with all of that kind of pain, any kind of chronic pain, it, underlying there's always weakness. I mean, just physical weakness because, mm -hmm. you know, you're moving differently, you're either avoiding doing things, um, and um, it's it's just what happens. And the, the the part that's difficult for a lot of people, and again, what this book has to offer, is it you know shows you the really simple ways to just begin strengthening. You know when you when you uh, you know do have pain, whether it's acute pain or if it is chronic pain. Yeah. So go ahead. I've had the uh, the impression uh, over the last few years when I get these pains, um, and mm -hmm. you know I've been diagnosed too with. Uh, uh, with excessive um, uh, acids uh, that lead to gout, you know, which I, mm, I know how to uh -huh. take care of that in terms of reducing, especially reducing the amount of soda that I drink. That'll help a lot, uh, a lot more water, which yeah, I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, but then there are other times when I get a, an ache or a pain. As a matter of fact, that was several years ago. One of the reasons why, one of the reasons why I have a beard now 
It's because I'm right-handed and my right elbow swelled up. And, of course, I've been told that I have a certain certain level or form of arthritis or what have you. And every once in a while, this is going to happen in your joints. It's just what happens when you get older, although I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm of the mind that, uh, you know, the body might be getting older, but I don't have to necessarily suffer through this stuff. I can, you know, mind over matter kind of thing. But I couldn't bend my elbow, so I couldn't shave. Mm-hmm. I could not shave. So I had oh, to let it grow okay. for two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. Finally, I was able to get my hand up over my head and continue to be able to shave my head. But I, I, I thought, you know, I hadn't had a beard in a long time since I was in my <laughs> 20s. I wonder what it looks like now. So there you go. But <laughs> one of the, the, the very important aspects of this whole issue of pain, and I used to go to a chiropractor pretty regularly to get adjustments, just, you know, sort of. At that time, this is the way I thought about it, preventative maintenance, uh, in that I, this, is, it was, this was sort of my analogy of, of the body when it came to chiropractic adjustments. And that is that you've got all these rubber bands, which are the uh, muscular aspects, if you will, the tendons and the ligaments and so forth. And the rubber bands have gotten out of alignment and they're pulling the skeletal structure out of alignment. Ergo, now you've got pain and this and that. So if you can get the skeletal structure to stay in position, then the rubber bands will go back into their normal position. Now, I have to say I felt pretty good after each of these adjustments. Uh, I've also learned, too, from animal uh, um, uh, lovers who uh, communicate with animals, who deal with animals all the time, that they are great teachers from the standpoint of even what you're talking about, uh, Wanda. And that is that when I watch our 120-pound Black King Shepherd Angus get onto the floor after laying on the bed all night with us, uh, he then leans way back and pushes his front paws way out on the floor and then he'll Mm -hmm. go just the opposite and he'll lean really far forward and push those back legs back and he's scratching and and it's like take a lesson from the animals Mm -hmm. they're not doing this not only because it feels good but because it's good for you that's kind of what you're talking about it really is because, and what you were talking about with going to the chiropractor and, and your imagery about, you know, what that's all about with, um, with some of, you know, the, the things in the book, I, I mentioned this pill, which is this, you know, strengthening, lengthening thing to do with the spine and mm-hmm. spines do love to be stretched and lengthened, yeah. but there's also part of it is slump pill. So that is actually just like, it sounds like you're sitting um, you know, you actually do let your back round out. So you are stretching all those muscles that are, you know, strained, mm-hmm. jutting your chin forward, and then going into this lengthened position. So that's more that what you were describing with your dog, you know, the, yeah. the you know, going, stretching one way, going the other. And yoga is that way. I mean, yeah. that is all that yoga is about, too, is going one way and then going the other. And, um, um, and it's true with our, you know, spines or, um, you know, in other joints, though, when something's wrong or something's a little bit off, I mean, with a with a strain, I mean, you do have a muscle that's a little bit in spasm. I mean, even maybe it's just a few fibers of the muscle or in a more severe spasm like a Charlie horse, you know, it's like a whole big group of muscles have gone into spasm. So spasm is just an you know abnormal contraction of the muscle. 
it's um, it's not something you can just do voluntarily. It's a it's something the muscles just you know doing when it doesn't have enough blood flow is is how you know it can happen. Yeah. So with a spasm or you know with your spine whatever, um, you know you, to stretch you know does feel good and it is a good thing because that does just mechanically lengthen the muscle helps get more blood flowing into it. But then the second part of it is you do need to strengthen that muscle and that's what a lot of people miss because stretching is kind of natural. I mean you know, it's just something we do. I mean like yeah you just you want to stretch. But to know how to strengthen, and again, just in these simple ways, you know, isometric or just simple movements, you know, that's that's often what people don't, you know, quite know how to do. And sometimes they're stopped because that first movement is painful. I mean, if something's bad enough, like with your elbow that you described, I'm sure that was quite painful. And I've had some painful elbow stuff too, because as I figured out one point, I've had pain in almost every joint of my body. So that's why I know so much about this stuff besides just the work I've done, you know, helping other people. Um, but, you know, so you move and it's like, ah, that hurts. You know, I don't want to do that again. That's a, that's a often a real natural automatic response. But when you understand more about pain and more about, you know, the body again, that's, you know, in this book, um, slow movement, you know, is not going to harm you. Mm. And we hurt ourselves when you do, you know, fast things, you do lift something too heavy, you do, you know, something very awkward, but being, you know, calm, getting into this relaxation, you know, taking a deep breath, you know, of course you first hurt yourself, you're like, you know, you kind of tense up and you have that sort of stress response that goes on, but you catch yourself with that. And this is just part of being, um, I call it a practical mindfulness, you know, to catch yourself doing that and, and, and observe your thoughts like, whoa, you know, this is awful. And, but then just take a few deep breaths and, and then, you know, just kind of get your wits about you and then just to move slowly and stop where you have to, where it's painful, move the other direction you know, just back and forth. And then actually after a few movements, quite often you can move in a full range of motion again, you know, if, if you, you know, catch something early. Well, I know that uh, uh, the other aspect of that stretching that my dog does, and I see the cats do it too. We have five mm. cats and they do it all the time. I mean, mm. for example, mm. one of our, well, all of them will do this, but uh, it's pretty notable in this guy because he's a little thinner than the others, um, or slimmer, I should say. He's not thin is uh, he will arch his back, big curved arch, and stretch upward, you know. And then, of course, they also mm -hmm. like to do that kneading with their paws into the, into the fabric. Uh, but what Angus does, while he's doing this, sometimes he might even put out a low groan. And it's not a groan. It, it's just a groan of, oh, yeah, that's, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it right there. Um, and, and I know that that's something that, that, um, if he's doing that, then boy, when we feel like we need to do that, we need to do it. But you're now talking about doing it more consciously, as you say, more mindfully and, uh, getting into a practice and especially going through many of the steps that you talk about in the book, the how of our everyday self-care and the art of pain relief. Um, if somebody let me see if I can phrase this uh, in the right way here. I'm sure that you have had clients who have come to you and obviously they're in pain. Um, are there times when you're going to have to find a way to minimize their pain level? Maybe they're at a nine or a 10 and you've got to have them take one of their pain pills before you can even begin the process 
what about that in terms of mm-hmm. where you begin oh, yeah. with someone? Mm-hmm. Sure. When pain is severe enough or, or acute, certainly right after surgeries, uh, yeah, pain pills can be good. And and sometimes they, you know they're they're really a blessing, and they can allow you then to do some of these you know gentle movements just to begin with your recovery. If the problem is when people take pain pills and the opiates, you know, long after that acute period of pain, uh, that's, uh, you know, because the, the pills themselves are not going to make you better. You know, they, they, they're called pain pills. They really make you just care less about your pain. They don't really do anything to help with, you know, what the problem is. But that being said, <laughs> when pain is severe enough, they can certainly help you move easier, sleep better, you know, get on with your life. So, um, but for that initial period, it's good. But but then you you do have to start weaning off them, getting off them. And so you are going to be putting up with a, a little bit of pain. But if you have a, a different understanding of pain um, and, and don't, um, you know, give it the attention or that emotional response that is what gets us in trouble and develops chronic pain, you know, then you can be, you know, doing a lot better. And with all this movement and all these things, there's usually a temporary relief of pain. You know, and so that's good. But then, you know, pain will come back. That's why you just do them again. And I'm talking about just a few repetitions. You're just, yeah. you know, are doing this, you know, postural thing. I mean, you know, just it's it's just so easy to do. So, uh, from a uh, chemical standpoint, um, uh, pharmaceuticals aside, what's what is going on in the body? What are the chemicals that are being, shall we say, fired or generated, created? Or maybe in this case, maybe minimized, because I know that we we tend to we do our physical bodies do our our, our I should say our chemistry labs, our personal chemistry labs internal. Um, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do create their own pain relief uh, substances, um, and it seems to me like what part of what's happening is when we're in pain, the body just can't generate enough. Um, is that is that a fair assessment? And and if it is, are there ways in which we can help the that our personal pharmaceutical uh, company within uh, mm-hmm. to generate more uh, um, more of the pain relief medicine that we need w- within with, without having to pop pills or push the morphine button, what mm-hmm. have you, uh, so mm-hmm. that. So that while we're dealing with the reason why we're in pain, we can, you know, we kind of kind of push that aside so that we can start again doing the stretching and doing the movement and doing the strengthening and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get through that a little mm-hmm. bit better. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when we're you know in you know severe pain or in that chronic pain, that's where the whole the, the stress response, um, you know, the whole fight flight or uh, fight. Uh, response, you know, is happening. Our even though you know there's not like a lion running after us, um, but our, our heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases, our breathing rate, you know, increases. The stress hormones come in, all the, um, uh, you know, you know, epinephrine and adrenaline, and and all of that will heighten, you know, that sense of pain. So to begin to change that is to initiate a relaxation response. So that is, I mean, so you know. It is simple. Actually, it is. I mean, the beginning thing is to take deep breaths because that just right away is changing 
um, the shallow kind of breathing that you, that you do when, you know, when we're in pain. So just to, you know, start taking deep breaths right away, that will begin to change the chemistry, um, you know, of what's going on. But, um, but also talking about chemistry and, uh, in endorphins, our natural, um, the, the chemicals our body produces that are pain relieving. When we start taking, um, you know, the opiates, um, I mean, the reason why opiates even work on us is because we do have this natural, you know, endorphin, you know, if you want to say natural opiate system in our body and we, we have, you know, this, our cells will respond to, you know, the, the chemical of, of what the opiate drugs are giving us. But when we're taking the drugs, our body's production of endorphins decreases. And so that is the a big problem with addiction to opiate drugs is that when you take, you know, you stop taking them, you really are at a loss because your body is not producing, you know, those, um, those natural endorphins. Is that because so, of the fact that we're taking these opioids? So the body says, oh, well, shut down the factory because we've already got plenty? Uh, presumably. Okay. I, I, I believe it's along that line. Yeah. So in the meantime, to try to find something else that gives relief. Um, using, you know, um, hot packs, you know, heat, uh, warm showers, you know, somehow, you know, finding, you know, something physically to do that, that's, you know, comforting. Um, and with chronic pain or, or even a, you know, a salve or, you know, something, you know, some kind of lotion that, um, you know, the, um, uh, uh, capacin or the, you know, the, the kind of, uh, you know, tiger bomb, you know, that, that yeah. sort of stuff that, that you rub it on and it heats you up. Um, that's a, that's a nice alternative. I mean, when you're, you're trying to be taking, you know, less of those medications or when you're just trying to get yourself going when, you know, the pain is bad enough, it's just hard to move at all. Uh, you know, that, that's really good to just do something more, you know, topical, you know, to your skin. I know that I have, uh, I know some people who actually are using, uh, uh, for example, DMSO, which is prime as originally was uh, designed, I think, for uh, specifically like for horses, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of uh, yeah. uh, uh, doing the same kind of thing for them after the after a race or a run or what have you to to help to uh, warm up the area to get the blood flowing so that they don't tighten up and, and what have you and, and create other problems along the way. And. And it seems to, and I'm, I've tried it, and it seems to have quite a beneficial uh, effect. I know that also uh, you hear quite often of the the therapy of uh, hot and cold packs. You know, I don't know, mm -hmm. five or ten minutes with hot, and then five or ten minutes with cold, and then back and forth, which is, I guess, mm -hmm. same same general idea as maybe the DMSO is to <clears throat> get the blood flowing through mm -hmm. to help to heal the area maybe a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. It's that and, and also um, just the sensory, I mean, just the sensation on your skin, you know, in an area of pain. And then to just apply something, you know, that is, you know, not painful. That's, you know, the heat or just a contrasting sensation, a different sensation, you know, introduced to that area uh, can be very helpful. You know, and, and sometimes massage, you know, that's a, a lot of what massage is, you know, just, you know, touch to the body. Um, you know, can, can help just bring in a different, you know, sensory input, you know, to, to the, an area that's painful, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that, that can be really helpful. Well, I know that uh, as we talk here about the how of ow and ow being, ow, that hurt. <laughs> 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 how did that happen and why yes, and it knock does. it off? That's See, my, right. my, <laughs> my mind, my mind is at 17. Okay. 
My body is uh, fast approaching 60, at least as far as the chronometer is concerned. Uh, although there have been those who say, "Why oh, you look so young for being so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm going, is. well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, uh, it's the it's the formaldehyde that I take on a regular basis that helps mm-hmm. to preserve the body. No, um, <laughs> but it is uh, it is an area in our lives that we really, really have to take a look at. And we're going to continue doing that with you here. Wanda. Wanda Swenson is my guest. She's a physical therapist, and we're going to continue our conversation with her here on Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world, and please stay with us. Tell me your stories. I'll do my best to understand you. All right, where's your pain level on a scale of 1 to 10 or 10 to 1 or 0 to 1? Uh, zero to ten. Uh, zero to one. How about okay? Let's do it in fractions. Why not? I had trouble with fractions in school, as most people probably did. Uh, but you don't want to fracture anything. Uh, that is something else we might talk about too. But I want to get into uh, some of the other areas in reference to pain. And again, I know you're a physical therapist. I know that you're dealing with this aspect of doing these various stretching exercises, these bending and stretching and moving and so forth. Uh, and we have had uh, a situation in our country in particular, but it's global as our technology advances. Uh, it used to be a serious problem with, uh, for example, carpal tunnel syndrome in our wrists because of the mouse that we were using for our computers sitting at our desks or in our at our homes, at our desks and so forth. Maybe even with our laptop, even with that little uh, and the, uh, the original name of the, the type of uh, mouse, if you will, it was called a glide path, uh, a glide path pad where you'd glide your finger over that pad well laptops have that um but i had one that was a standalone for my pc it was kind of cool uh but we've sure sort of shifted from that because not as many people are working on pcs as they used to be because now their phones if they could program it as such could launch a, a rocket to the moon and back Uh, But now we're getting all kinds of other things. I'm sure that there are thumb issues with people who text way too much. We are getting people with humped necks. You know, they're calling it. uh, What are they calling this? This neck condition now? I can't remember. uh, uh, But it's uh, it's like screen neck, if you will, because they're always looking Uh down, Uh you know, and 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 it's like I want to walk in front of someone and have them run into me. I'm saying you really should be watching where you're going instead of looking at your screen. Or I want to yell at him from a distance, get off your screen. Uh, enjoy. The, do you see the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees? You know, kind of thing. Uh, but we you have should do that. Yeah. Well, I, if I can avoid getting hit, I will do that or attacked. But it's it's uh, it is with with technology. And I'll even point out what I experienced uh, after I received my lens implant in 1996 and then I started driving in 1998 after never having driven before. I was bicycling everywhere. And at one point I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing here. I'm just going to take it, accept that I'm going to be bicycling the rest of my life. It's okay if I do. There's no problem with that. And uh, if I'm at 60 or 65 and I'm still bicycling, hey, then I'm going to be healthier than a lot of the people in those cars. And then I started driving. And my body started to change uh, in that respect, in, in, in reference to the change in my lifestyle. Um, that is part of what you are 
talking about here in terms of maybe some of the reasons why people are now in pain when they never were before. Because when I moved to Santa Barbara after living in Phoenix all my life uh, and and, you know, not driving now, I'm driving everywhere. Uh, we live up on the hill above the of the city, above the city. And, you know, one of my phrases constantly when I was walking around outside on this hilly ground was my kingdom for flat land, you know, because I felt like I was <laughs> tripping over everything. Uh, what about lifestyle in in uh, in reference to much of the pain that we seem to be creating in our lives? Because to me, we we do do that. We create it. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're certainly right that just, uh, with the technology and everybody on their phones and, and then the computer games and all that, there is a real surge in younger people having chronic pains. Um, you know, just not being as physically active. It's kind of strange. It's like, there's this group that's just at computers and then other people doing extreme sports. So it's like, Oh yeah. One or the one or the other, but, um, but no, certainly, um, you know, there, there's that. And, um, and and I, I'm definitely, you know, talking about like, yeah, this is our lifestyle. A lot of us drive a lot. Um, I used to have a long commute. And um, it's it's things that you can do. I mean, during your daily life, whatever it is you're doing. I mean, if you are driving a lot, there are things you can be doing in the car. Real simple. Um, and if you're, you know, on your phone a lot or on the computer an inordinate amount of time, you know, there, there are things you can do like as you're doing that. I mean, as it is, of course, always nice to stand up, walk around, you know, do, you know, some bigger movement, but there's even, you know, smaller things you can just do, you know, if your posture, doing with your hands, with your arms, you know, just with your legs, even, you know, even in sitting, um, you know, that, that are, it's good. I, I have a line in the book. that's something like, um, you know, our bodies are still basically hunter, and gatherers, not computer automatons. You know, it's where we need to move. I mean, it's 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 what our life is all about. It's uh, you know, it's how our bodies work. So, um, yeah. So just to make the movement you know easier, that you can just put it in into your day. And I'm calling that also like the the yoga of life. That it's just mm. as we're doing our life that yeah. you're you know doing these kind of therapeutic type movements. Well, it is uh, it is a situation in our culture, both in the United States, but around the world where um, as technology changes, so does our lifestyle. And somehow there is a certain element in spite of the fact that we need, I believe, we need to uh, instead of fear it, we need to embrace it, love it, accept it because it is the constant in the universe. And that is change. We also need to find a way to maintain our health and well-being through some of these kinds of practices. Because I do find, I've seen it, you've seen it, I'm sure. Mm. We also have developed uh, different technologies so we don't have to exercise. We, I'm going to strap on this belt that's got these electrical impulses that's going to <laughs> manipulate my muscles and so forth to where... I can just sit here at the computer and do my thing, and this thing will be zapping me every so often, and it's going to tone me up. And I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking, how much fun is that? Not. <laughs> Not any. Oh, my God. And how functional is that? Yeah, Not e at all. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. It's really uh, it's, it's crazy uh, that we, we, we're always trying to find these ways of getting out of, getting out of doing uh -huh. those simple things that we need to do. And, uh, you know, um, 
you know, people have, have you know, I'm I'm almost as I said as the time of our con- at the time of our conversation here, I'm almost sixty. And, you know, people are they, they've asked on occasion about my mother asked me once, how's your retirement plan going? I said, what what retirement plan? I only have one retirement plan. I'm going to be putting new tires on my truck here probably in the next year or two. <clears throat> That's about it. Um, I hope to be able to do what I'm doing now with you and others until I'm 100 plus. I want to I want to yeah. go as long I want to go as long, if not longer than uh, Kirk Douglas. Uh, you know, 103. <laughs> yeah. My gosh, my grandmother, great grandmother on my mother's side was 100 before she passed. And I always told people uh-huh. I'm going to outlive her, but she's making it really yeah. hard. Um, and so I want to make sure that I do what I can to keep the body going. And in terms of retirement, going back to that, I don't know what the heck I do. I would be bored out mm-hmm. of my mind. Our, uh, our animals get me up at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning to be fed. Uh, before my alarm ever goes off. And so I figure, uh, okay, I'm going to get up. And so once I'm up, I feel I've got to be doing something. Oh, the garbage needs to go out. Okay, I can do that. Cat litter boxes, they need to be changed. Okay, I'm going to do that. And so, oh, let's start a little laundry. Uh, hey, there are dishes in the sink. Let's take care of that. And I just, it's like I, I've got to be doing something once I'm up. You know, it's kind of like I'm that morning person. Uh, but... I, I could. I don't know what the heck. I mean, we went on a yeah, vacation. You have good habits. Two weeks. You have really good habits. It sounds like. Well, and you live in the hills, and that's good for you too. Yeah. So well, do I. Well, I. Uh, yeah. Well, I. Uh, I get help in terms of those good habits from the animals. <laughs> They're on me uh, constantly. But when my wife and I went to Ireland, we went twice for two weeks each time. And I remember when we were setting it up for the first trip, uh, I said we're not going for less than two weeks, because it's no fun. You get there. And you get over your jet lag, and then you're just about ready to turn around and go home. Uh, so we went for two weeks. And see, that was that would be the only way that I would ever, quote, unquote, retire is if we were traveling and seeing the rest of the world and experiencing other people and their stories and their experiences and their lives and how they're working to make their lives and the lives of the people around them better and, and, um, and shifting from survival mode to thrival mode. How about Ooh, I that? Like that? How about that? I like that. Well, thank you. How about that from the standpoint of pain relief? And when we talk about pain relief, and I love the fact you say the art, the art, not the science, but the art of pain relief mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of us shifting, because when you're in pain, isn't that survival mode? Well, let's see. Um I mean, in some circumstances, certainly. Um, in others, I don't know. I mean, some people just kind of give into it, and they kind of want to give up. I mean, you know, so so it's, it depends a little bit on your personality, you know, how you approach things. Um, and there's sometimes with, you know, people in pain that, you know, are kind of just forcing their way through things, just like, you know, gosh darn it, I'm going to keep working out. I'm going to keep lifting those weights and go into the gym, even though I feel awful afterwards. You know, that's not really the – the best approach, you know, either that, that can lead you down some, some bad roads. So, um, so, you know, survival, I think of as life and death, you know, um, pain is not really about life and death. It's, it's not, you know, pleasant <laughs> to be sure, but it's not going to kill you. And when you can really look at it, 
little bit more straight on, understand it a little bit better. And in the book, I, I use a lot of stories, personal stories and stories of you know people I've seen. Um, I think that you know can come come across um, a little bit uh, better. Yeah, that you know that that uh, pain. It's it's just a sensation. It's something you can work with and not be so fearful of, you know, either. Um, and when you just understand and know a little bit more about, you know, your, your body, you know, and how our joints work and, and how they need movement to be healthy and how we need to keep our strength up and especially of our, the deeper muscles in our body, because those are the stabilizers. Those, those are the important ones that, that always get injured when we've had any, uh, you know, kind of problem. Um, you know, then, then you have a little bit better understanding. Um, they, they say that the, the best, um, uh, approach for, you know, better healthcare outcomes mm -hmm. is more education, um, and knowing more about early self-care that, that those two things, education and early self-care are really key to, to better healthcare outcomes. So, um, you know, and it's, and as we age, as we, of course, all are aging, cause no matter how young you are, you're aging, but it, it is, um, you know, important to realize that, okay, just cause you have, you know, you've been told by somebody you have arthritis, you know, or you have, um, degenerative disc disease in your spine. Um, that's not the end of the world. That's actually normal aging. That mm -hmm. is completely normal. And, and what's important though, is, is to keep moving to know, you know, kind of how to move and, uh, and to keep your, your strength. And again, I'm not talking about going to the gym and lifting weights unless you're into that. Uh, it's just some real simple postural kind of things, things you can do during the day. Um, yes, it's, uh, there's there's a, a lot you know you can do and it's so important and, and really what it comes down to is keeping your spine kind of erect i mean more you know upright and uh, and what that's about is i mean the spine you know gets kind of trash during our lives yeah but what's really important is the position of our pelvis that's that's really key to being able to have this lengthened spine so it's just um and it's what you do automatically if you're sitting and you you try to you know sit up really straight. You're gonna your pelvis is gonna rock forward. But it's often that sitting and with our pelvis tucked back, that and then we end up in that position as we stand, and then we never quite straighten up. And there's there's been studies that have showed that that position of the pelvis being tucked back is what um, causes people to have more pain. There's some people that have a lot of people that have really lousy looking x-rays and I'm certainly one of them, mm -hmm. but have no complaints of pain, but it's because of the position of the pelvis. So there's, there's a real association with that. So it's, um, you know, and keeping those muscles strong that, you know, can, can keep the pelvis in that position. Um, what is your, website? it is so important. As, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What is your website, uh, for people who can get more information oh, yeah. about you and the work that you're doing as well as to get a copy of the, the how of owl. Yeah, it is www.thehowofow.com. So it's just all lowercase. And um, yeah, and you, like I say, you'll, you'll hear a little bit more about me. And I do have a few chapters um, there for folks to look at. And um, yeah. That would yeah. be that'd be great. I hope I hope people check it out. I hope they do too. The how of ow.com and we encourage you to go there to find out about the everyday self-care and the art, the art of pain relief. Uh, in terms of the art thereof, because each person's mm -hmm. different, each person's level of pain is different and each person's cause, if you will, because pain is nothing more than a symptom, right? Exactly. Exactly. Then Yeah. But art, I use well, I'll just let me just say I use that word art because it is a, a skill to to develop. I mean, mm -hmm. how you do it, how you 
you know, work with your body, work within your life, work, um, you know, trying to be more in the moment too, um, and a little bit more, you know, mindful of, you know, where we are. And, um, and, and that's the art because it's, it's a skill to develop. And you're still developing that skill. I mean, you, you have a lot of answers today, but there's still so much more to learn about it. Is there not? Well, I'm sure. I mean, of course, Infos, I mean, you know, you do something like this, you write a book and it's kind of done. And then you think, oh, I could have added that or, oh, this has happened. And, you know, sure, there's always there's always more. There's you know, always something else. But, um, yeah, that's a good thing about life, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it is one of those areas that certainly we all face from time to time. I notice, though, it's really fascinating. Children. They deal with pain in a whole different way. And, of course, I'm not speaking of someone, uh, a child with a chronic uh, uh, pain problem, a chronic condition. But, uh, you know, you see kids out there playing, right? And all of a sudden, a little kid, he falls down, scrapes his knee, and he stops for about, oh, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 seconds. He'll rub it and he'll cry, da-da-da-da-da. Then he gets up and he walks on and continues on about his day. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. he gets into it. He goes through the pain he's not avoiding it he's dealing with it and then he gets back to life yeah and that's that's what you are trying to help people to do that's exactly it that's that's a great uh analogy great story yeah and do you deal with children um, because no matter how old we get we still our bodies still have the ability to heal and to get stronger so that's and it's just often people just don't know the road to get there. And maybe they don't have access to a physical therapist or, you know, the healthcare is, you know, it's, you know, you live remotely or you don't have time to go to see somebody or, um, so it's, it's just to, you know, help people along that, you know, path to healing and, and getting stronger. Mm. Well, we encourage people to do that, get stronger by getting in touch with you. Uh, to find out more about the work that you do. And I wanted to ask you before we wrap things up here in reference to other modalities that you might consider. I know that, again, as a physical therapist, uh, this is what you do. Uh, and, and obviously these are physical things that need to be done. Have you delved into any more any of the other um, modalities that would be, would be maybe under the category of energy work like Reiki? You know, I years ago I did take um, a, a little workshop in Reiki, and I and I had a, a family member who who would do it. So I, you know, I, I'm you know, any, anything like that anyone wants to do or are drawn to. I mean, I think that only can you know supplement and enhance you know this this other kind of work that I'm talking about, really, because anything that gets you there, anything that gets you a little more comfortable or more open minded to take a little more responsibility or actually a lot more responsibility about your own, um, you know, health and well-being. you know, that's, that's a move in the right direction. Yeah. We encourage people to do that because it's, uh, again, whatever works for you. We, we talk about this program. We talk about the topics, the subjects, the guests and the, what they have to offer and what they do is they then, uh, when we're finished, we put it up there on this giant, um, and this table has been building for the past uh, 13 plus years. And uh, so what we uh, encourage people to do is uh, go up to the table uh, and take what resonates with them 
And uh, But don't touch anything that doesn't. If it's not something that's in your bailiwick, stay away from it. But we ask you to come back. So we ask people to come to the table, to our giant smorgasbord, uh, and, in ta- and uh, take in what, what works for you. Uh, and um, I know some people, they're very much about taking risks, so to speak, and trying new things no matter what their body says. And I, I know that there are, there's a technique called kinesiology where you can test to see if that's, that's right for you, that's good for your body and what have you. Uh, it's one of the things, too, that uh, I'm curious as to whether or not you have, uh, uh, um, in your practice, in the work that you do as a physical therapist, uh, talking with the client about uh, trusting their body to tell them what they need. I mean, in addition to, obviously, they've come to you to get pain relief. Uh, mm-hmm. So certainly they're going to trust you. But we've done that with doctors. We, we've we done that with the mm-hmm. medical profession where, well, they went to school for 47 years. They mustn't have <laughs> all the answers, so I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to them. Mm-hmm. And now we're finding out that as good as it's been and that the 47 years they put into medical practice, they don't have all the answers. And that actually we, right. we actually do as individuals if we would but listen. So what about that aspect yeah. of collaboration between you and your clients yeah no that's a a really good point that's because um often people um will look outside themselves for any kind of pain relief any kind of um i mean they just give it up they give up their own power they are uh, there's you know there's there's always searching for something outside themselves and so that is a, a big step with physical therapy and when somebody comes because often they, they are looking to you you I want you to fix me and I'm like I will show you how to fix yourself I mean that's that's oh, really what go. the work there is about go. I wouldn't be quite that direct maybe sometimes with depending on the person some people would sure. like to hear that some maybe wouldn't and I would sneak it in but um but that's basically it yeah I will show you absolutely yeah, yourself yeah uh, well that sounds like a good plan for all of us uh that we start uh taking a listen to what we're hearing on the inside that's what 2020 the year of perfect mm-hmm. vision is about is going within and mm-hmm. taking a look and and getting to understand who and what we really are why we're here and how we can not only help ourselves but help others as well because even though i'm sure wanda you Uh, have uh, those times when you get those messages for yourself about what you need to do for yourself, the directions you need to go, and so on and so forth. Uh, There are times when, by sharing even those insights about yourself with others, even though you're not trying to tell them, like maybe someone might go to a medium and and say, tell me about my love life, you know, when am I going to meet my love, or (laughs) this or that, whatever the question is. Um, But it's important, similar to what James Redfield says in his Celestine Prophecies about how we have messages, one for the other, that help the other to, as I put it, um, help to put more pieces into the puzzle of our lives so that we better understand who we are. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you what to do. I'm just saying I'm offering this to you and uh, Mm -hmm. you can take it in or not. um, And and, and away you go. That's right. That's right. That's all you can do. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, people, like I said, they often just want to give up any power they have. They, and they just don't realize, you know, how, how much we have within ourselves. And you can, you know, suggest things to people or whatever. But and ultimately, it's a choice. 
yeah. that everyone has, you know, what they want to do. So, And that's what we talk um, about on this program, about yeah. choices. Everybody has choices, mm-hmm. and we try to give them the knowledge of choices they may have never heard of before. Or mm-hmm. the knowledge of choices they may have heard of, but it, were ne- it was never explained to them, maybe in the way that you have shared with us here on this program today. And that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter how much pain you are in. You always have choices. Um, the question is, how willing are you to seek out other possibilities, other choices uh, to Relieve yourself of the pain. Well, why not consider the how of how? Uh, and uh, Wanda uh, Swenson, Wanda Jean Swenson, a, a physical therapist. And I um, have really enjoyed our conversation, Wanda. Mm, so have I. Thank you so much, Richard, for uh, having me on your, your podcast. Wanda Jean Swenson is my guest, physical therapist. The How of Ow is the title of the book uh, every day, every day, not just every other day, but however you work. It's self-care and the art of pain relief. The How of is the website. We will be linked to it at our podcast. And of course, you can hear this program at 7 a.m., 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. on uh, Mondays, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And of course, the podcast is always available. And I highly encourage you to go to the podcast because if you're just listening to the radio broadcast you're gonna miss something that might help you so <laughs> please go to the podcast then go to go to uh, wanda's website and find out more about what she's doing uh wanda before i let you go first of all should you ever find yourself down here on the central coast here in santa barbara love to have you uh, come in studio and and then uh, what we could do is you can take me through some of these steps and we'll uh, yeah and on the podcast we'll show people what those steps are. <laughs> no, actually, okay, cool. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll continue our conversation in another podcast about uh, about pain relief and maybe some new things that maybe you have discovered along the way since we talked last. Okay, Richard. Well, thanks a lot. That's that's great. And Appreciate then I ha- the offers. You bet. And I have three final questions for you. That I ask all of my guests. Three. You may have addressed them somewhat okay. during the uh, program, but I'm going to ask them pointedly. The first question is, who is Wanda Jean Swenson? Okay. <laughs> How much time do we have? Well, I'm 65. Uh, I'm living in northern uh, California, um, up from the Sonoma Coast, uh, with my wife, Gail. I, uh, we produce olive oil. I'm a farmer and, um, very involved in the community out here and, um, enjoy, gosh, just enjoy everything about, um, being outdoors and the natural world. And, um, we did a huge reforestation project when we first, we bought this property back in 92 and, uh, managed to plant 5,000 trees and, mostly redwoods and now that now that we're in this different world of fires we're kind of going what the heck were we thinking um but we're actually i'm i'm working with communities you know trying to get grants and stuff to help us be more fire prepared i mean that's that's a big uh ticket up here and um yeah and and my wife and i have been together for 36 years now so uh that's wow. wonderful. And came here from San Francisco. So that was a huge move. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, now my life has been blessed. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty wonderful. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? 
I, as I mentioned, I was just really compelled to write this book. And so I did, I went with that and I'm, I just, it's something just to offer. I just have to put it out there. Um, what will happen to it will happen to it. But, um, I mean, I certainly hope that it will affect, you know, some people's life in a really positive way. And I've already, you know, had that kind of feedback that, um, it's, it's, just something like they were looking for. I mean, that's, it, it's, it's just, uh, I, I just wanted to, the, the, the things that I can do for myself, we all have these bodies. I just wanted to be able to get out what I know so other people can do, you know, these mm-hmm. really relatively simple things and to just to be more aware of, you know, their life and, and being more mindful. And uh, again, you know, being able to, to do this practical mindfulness and this yoga of life i mean it's it's a it's a nice way to we're all you know looking for you know stress reduction in our life i mean this is this is a way to you know apply that something very practical Mm -hmm. and finally what is your life's purpose oh i'm not sure i know except to just try to be conscious and be kind and um be what, open to others. Wanda Jean Swenson, my guest, physical therapist, author of The How of Ow, thehowofow.com, is the website, Everyday Self-Care and the Art of Pain Relief. And we thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Thank you so much, Richard. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story. Join us every Saturday, Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. here on this fine station. And then go to the podcast to listen to the entire interview. Go to our guest's website. That's not that hard to find there. And, uh, again, the howofow.com is uh, Wanda Swenson's uh, e- uh, is That is her website address. So we encourage you to go there. And we also encourage you to join us uh, for our next podcast broadcast and until then love to lol